Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Today is a very special day. Yes, hallelujah for this day that I can speak about the blood of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the blood of Jesus. I remember all my life, but especially when I was young, oh, we had that great gospel singer, Andre Crouch, and he would come and he would sing, oh, there's power in the blood of Jesus, I tell you. Oh, that's a great song and the way he sang it. But we always sang all these songs about the blood and we always preached about the blood and we are still preaching about the blood. And when we pray, we pray the blood over the people. We pray the blood of Jesus to protect us and to cleanse us. And the blood of Jesus is a very important, essential element of our preaching, a pillar that we stand upon, the blood of Jesus, the sinless, pure, and holy blood of Jesus that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. And because of that, we are free, hallelujah, we are free of sin, we are free of guilt, we are free of the power of the enemy over our life. We are free, hallelujah, even of death. Yes, we have received eternal life through the blood of Jesus. There is life in the blood. And we have that blood that has cleansed us. The blood that ran through the veins of Emmanuel. Oh, they were gushed out on the hill Gogota, And there he died and he gave his life for us. And that blood has a voice. Oh, the blood has a voice. I like that Oh, when Jesus, he cried out and he said, it is finished. Or in other translation, I like it, it says, it is accomplished. It is finished. It is accomplished. Or you could say, it is done. Hallelujah. Yes, nothing can be added. Nothing can be subtracted. It is accomplished. Salvation for all mankind. And those words are echoing, echoing into the future. And they are still here today. And whenever someone receives Jesus as Savior and puts his or her trust upon him and him alone for salvation, oh, that word comes to them. It is done. It is finished for you. Yes, your sins have been washed away, taken away, not covered, but taken away. Well, today I want to take you to two stories. And one is the story of Jesus who gave his life, his blood on Calvary. But the other one is about Cain and Abel and how Cain killed his brother Abel. I want to read two portions of Scripture before I begin with that, and then we'll go into it. First, Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. It says, And he said, the Lord said, I would say, What have you done? Yes, the Lord said to Cain, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. Powerful words here. And then Hebrews 12, verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood that speaks better things. The blood of Jesus 
that speaks better things than the blood of Abel spoke. Oh, hallelujah for that word of God. Now let us go into that first story of Cain and Abel. You know, these two brothers, they both brought a sacrifice to the Lord. And Abel, he brought a lamb and he placed it on the altar. And the lamb was slain there. And just imagine looking to that altar. This is in the way in the beginning, way in the beginning of time. And so you see that altar unto the Lord and a lamb is laying there and it's cut open. It's not a pretty sight. And the blood is running down the altar. And then on the other side, you have Cain. And Cain, he worked on the field. And so he brought fruits and all kinds of things that grew on the field. And he made a beautiful, yeah, beautiful looking altar there with maybe some flowers and fruits and things. It was pleasant to look at. And yet it says God accepted the offering of Abel and did not accept the offering of Cain. Now, that's a strange thing, maybe. We would think, well, you know, look at that altar. Look at both altars. That, that, that one altar, it looks awful with a dead animal on it. Who wants a dead animal? Give me that other altar of Cain with the fruit on it. That's something nice. You can take it and it looks a lot better. But you know, there is a significance here. And that altar of Abel spoke of the lamb that would come. The lamb that John the Baptist speaks about when he sees Jesus and says, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Abel in faith was giving this animal and the blood needed to be shed. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood there will be no forgiveness. And Cain didn't understand these things. You see, that lamb was a substitution. It took the place. It, it, it was given. It took the place of Abel. It took our place, if we think of Jesus, as the perfect lamb. And you could not do anything personally for it. It was that animal, or in our case, Jesus, that gave his life for our life. But with Cain, he put on the altar the fruit of his own works. Now, I know it was the land yielding the fruit, but still, it was his own labor that brought that fruit that he gave it, and he was expecting it from his own good works. Yeah, this is where many people go wrong, and this is where the world don't understand the gospel. Because the world would say, now, now John, look at that Christian. You call him a Christian. Uh, uh, his life is not so good if you really get down to it. He's not so kind. He's not so nice. And yet you say he's saved because he accepted Jesus. Now I see someone there. It's a non-believer. It's an atheist. But look at all the good deeds he's doing uh, for mankind. How can you say that that Christian who's not living the best life is saved and God has forgiven him and there that atheist, well, he will be ruined in eternity because he never accepted Christ as Savior. He did so many good works. Now, that's the whole thing. Good works don't save us. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. No rituals or religious rituals. No good works of our own. It is by grace, by grace. And Abel was testifying of that grace. He was testifying by faith that he expected it from that offering, from that animal in his case, which was a, a symbol of the lamb to come. And so God accepted that offering of Abel, but he didn't accept the offering of Cain. But yet Cain, he could have 
fallen on his knees, and he could have said, Lord, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? What, what am I missing here? But instead of that, he got jealous, and he got angry and upset. Yeah, sometimes maybe things happen that you don't understand. Then don't get angry and close yourself to the Lord, but fall on your knees and say, Lord, what's going on? What, what am I doing wrong? I, my heart was right. My motivation was right, I think, I think. But if not so, let your Holy Spirit reveal it to me, show it to me, and maybe talk to your pastor or your leadership about it and try to find out how you can make it right, that your offering or your life can be accepted by the Lord. But he didn't do that, Cain. And he got angry. And one day, all they were in the field and his brother Abel came and he got behind him with a big stick and he just beat him on his head and Abel fell to the ground and where Cain hit him there came an open wound and the blood started to flow out of Abel. Now can you imagine this is the first killing, the first murder in the Bible, the first murder in history. Cain is standing there. His brother is laying on the ground. Blood is flowing all over the field, over the ground there. And he is looking at it. This was a first, a first. This hadn't happened yet. You didn't have the books and the movies and other things where it's so normal for us to see killings and war and murders. I mean, it's on the news daily, shootings and killings. And, and it's so graphically these days on television or, or on pictures. And so people and the games they play, they're just killing and murdering away. It's so normal these days. But this was the first murder in history. And so Cain is standing there. And he's looking to that, that body that, that now is laying there lifelessly on the ground. Maybe he gives it a little kick, you know, like, hey, hey, Abel, get up, or what are you, what's going on, what's going on? And the blood becomes a pool on the ground there. But suddenly, as if the ground just opens up, the blood just gets soaked into that ground, and it vanishes and disappears. And so, yeah, Cain is looking around, he's looking up, what's going to happen? I mean, is is is. Is there coming a lightning bolt out of the heavens? Uh, am I going to die for what I just did? But, you know, as, as time, minutes, and maybe a half hour goes by, he sees, well, nothing changed, nothing happened, nobody's there, nobody witnesses, no witnesses. And, you know, in those days, you didn't have, you know, the police who would come. You didn't have a court and a judge and a jury. You didn't have a detective to find out who murdered this man. None of these things existed. This is the first murder in history. And so, well, he kind of buries that body or pushes it away or whatever he does to make it disappear. And for him, well, it seems, it looks like, well, I guess this is it then. I guess, I guess you can do this without any consequences. I guess, I guess this is it. This is it. But you know, the Bible says... That that blood that went into the ground had a voice. And that voice cried out into the heavens. And that voice came into the holy of holies beyond the veil. And God himself sat there and heard the cry of that blood. The cry of the blood of Abel. And it cried for justice. And it went something like this. It must have gone something like this. Oh God. You are the creator. You are the giver of life. 
Here I am. I was pleasing unto you, living a life pleasing unto you. I did nothing wrong that I'm aware of. But suddenly I was struck down and murdered on that field. Who will revenge me? Who will revenge me? Who will give me justice? And then God himself, he gets up from his throne and he comes down to Cain and he says, Cain, what have you done? The blood of your brother is crying unto me from the earth. I think this is a good thing for people to know today that all those that are going around murdering and some of these terrible leaders and dictators who are killing multitudes, oh, the time will come, the day will come that God will ask them for responsibility for their acts. They have to take responsibility for their acts and he will ask them, what they have done because the blood of all those innocent people is still crying out to the Lord. But then in Hebrews, if we go further in time, it says the blood of Jesus, it cried out for something better. It was speaking of something better. Now, let's think of that moment as he is hanging on the cross and blood is coming out of his hands where the nails are, out of his head where the crown of thorns was, out of his back that was plowed open, ripped open by the whip, out of his feet, out of his side where they pierced him and the blood is dripping down his body and it's dripping down the cross and it is going into the ground of the hill of the mountain Calvary there. And as that blood is going down in the ground, that blood also has a voice. And it cried out, but it didn't cry for the same thing that the blood of Abel was crying for. The blood of Abel was crying for justice and for revenge. But the blood of Jesus, it's crying out for forgiveness. Because Jesus, on the cross, he cried out and he said, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them. That's why he came. That's why he shed his blood. He shed his blood for the guilty one. He shed his blood that the guilty one would be saved. He was innocent, purely innocent, truly innocent because he had sinless blood. But yet he shed that blood. And with that blood, he cried out into the heavenlies. All that blood went into the heavenlies, the Bible says. And it cried out to the Father. And it said, Father, this blood was shed for all those that are guilty, for all those that deserve to die, for all those that should be punished by the law because they are guilty of sin. Well, who is that? Well, that's all of mankind. And that blood, Jesus, oh, he said, that blood is crying out. It is asking you, Father, let this blood be a payment for their guilt, for their shame, for their sin. Let that punishment be upon me, the unguilty, that the guilty one will be free. Oh, I like this so much, my dear friends. I like this so much. Yes, that blood of Abel, it had a voice, but the blood of Jesus had a greater voice, a stronger voice, and it had a voice that was asking for something far more wonderful. It was asking for forgiveness, forgiveness for the guilty one. Oh, as the blood of Abel was asking, oh, that 
that innocent blood would not go into the ground unpunished, but that God would punish the wrongdoer. But the blood of Jesus was asking, oh, don't punish the wrongdoer, but let my blood count as, as the one that has been punished for their wrongdoing. Oh, aren't you happy today that that voice of Jesus had a stronger voice and had a better voice and that it was answered. Just as the blood of Abel was answered, the blood of Jesus has been answered. And God himself said a resounding and a loud, yes, yes, my son, yes, my son. I received that blood, that innocent, that holy, that pure blood. I receive it as that offering, as that lamb that has been slain, that people would be saved not by by their good works, not by religious rituals, but by substitution. Somebody died for them, not just another man with also guilty blood, but innocent blood, pure and holy blood was shed for you and for me. And it didn't cry out that the guilty one would be punished, but it cried out that that blood would be enough to cleanse the guilty one and that the punishment would not be upon us, but that it was upon him who died for us on the cross. Oh, my dear friends, today we celebrate, we praise him for the blood that was shed for us. And you know, we know that God accepted it because after three days, Jesus was resurrected out of the grave. I don't have time to get into that right now to to prove to you from the Bible why that was proof that that sacrifice was accepted. But if it was not accepted, Jesus would not have come out of the grave. He would have stayed dead. But he did not stay into that grave. He was resurrected and he's alive today and forevermore. And he's here with me and he's there where you are right now and ready to come into your life. Oh, have you received him yet? Oh, you're the guilty one. You're the sinner. Maybe you say, but John, I, I never killed anybody. I'm not a prostitute. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not a whomever you think is a real sinner. But you know, the Bible says all have sinned and all come short of the glory of God. Oh, it's even handed down from our parents and great-grandparents. It's handed down onto us. All the children of Adam and Eve. They all walk around with that curse, under that curse. But the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, it sets us free. It was shed for us. Oh, what a powerful word today. Today, are you full of sin and maybe you haven't received forgiveness of sin yet? Well, receive it right now in Jesus' name. Open your heart for him. Open your life. Open your mind, your whole being and say, Lord, I am the guilty one. But you gave your son who was not guilty at all to take my place upon the cross. He died for me. He carried my sin. He carried the punishment that should be upon me. He carried my guilt. He carried the curse. And he broke through every barrier of death. And now I live because he lives. Lord, cleanse me. Make me holy. Make me acceptable. My mind doesn't understand it all, how it works. But in my heart, I believe it and I receive it. I receive your perfect plan, Father. I receive the one you appointed, your son, to be my son. Savior, and I will not put my trust upon anybody or anything else, not, not the cross above my door, not any religious ritual that we do, but only upon Jesus. 
that through him, the perfect lamb, I am saved and I am made whole. And Lord, by his stripes, you promise that I am also healed. I receive that healing. I receive that restoration. I receive miracles today. This is a miracle day. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 